This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Thursday, June the 27th. I'm your host, D.A. Sure, NBA free agency is just around the corner, and yeah, Major League Baseball season is in full swing. Okay, we're creeping up on the All-Star game, but nothing, nothing could be as entertaining as in-studio friction with Sports Talk Radio. You see... Sports Talk has the ability to take you inside real-life situations and bring you inside the emotions that pour out of those situations. And so that's actually where we would start today. The Sports Junkies, one of the most successful sports radio shows in the country, in D.C., on 106.7 The Fan, had a promotional golf tournament. And their video producer did not attend. And when he gets called out for it, he ends up blaming another member of the staff, one of the guys that work in web content. And then shots are taken at the digital department's coverage, and all hell breaks loose. This is what we call emoting and getting therapy in real time. It's 106.7 The Fan in D.C. You hate that he has his own show. No, I don't hate that he has his own show. I just hate that he has an arrogance about it yes. when he's yeah. not qualified for it yet. We, we he's right. a work in, in progress. <laughs> he's a work in progress. Let me ask you this. And every, no, he's got an entire army of people, part of a morning show, that would be willing to help him, except he carries himself with an arrogance that he's not yeah. even remotely earned his, yet around here. His persona is fake. He he, he, he gets on the air and he, uh, he's, so he's got this fake bravado and, and a fake Twitter army. The AWOT <laughs> army is three people and he's two of them. <laughs> Burger yeah, All right, we need to let Adam respond. Yeah, I know. Adam's been let... over here stewing. Yeah, and, and I'll give you credit, Adam. More. You've just been taking the bullets. All right. Well, I can take it without popping a blood vessel. Right. I mean, oh, cool. can you, smart guy? <laughs> Go ahead. How do you spell disgust? They named every single person that's full-time that was out at the event. I'm a part-timer. Why are you talking trash to me, though? All what? I said, play the quote. Chris I... Lingbach should be no, out there. I said it should have been Lingbach. And I, I agree with that. Said. It's what's, not. What's different? It's, it's not my fault that you didn't know about the event. Aren't you a communications right, why coordinator? You, why you you know that you were talking trash? To say that you weren't is ridiculous. You were talking trash on Twitter afterwards. When I tweeted you, you responded and said, "You're the boss." I'm, Remember the gift? Remember I'm the gift? You, you look at the feign innocence hey, in all of this. Short. I'm this doubling, is what I'm talking about. You're I'm doubling a fraud. down right now. It is your. I know fault. you're doubling down. That's you the problem, didn't know idiot. About the event. Because you're an idiot. You got emails. Oh, keep calling check an idiot. Check your email. <laughs> Everybody at the station I did about check my email. I did Chad not. Dukes was out there. I did not get an email about it, Adam. But please tell me more about my private information. All right. I'm looking at some emails that were sent here. Uh-huh. Chris Lingbach is on email saying that there's a live broadcast at International Country Club what, June 24th. What is the email? Who's the email from? 
Tim Yoro sends out weekly promotional. Yeah. Right, exactly. Who, who pays attention yeah. to those? <laughs> people, <laughs> I agree with that. People who don't go on the air. Hey, I like Tim. I look at him, maybe. I like Tim. Short, I don't really read the Shorts emails. is going around saying nobody told him. It's all over his email. Every Jeff, you know week. there's a hierarchy here. This is the same thing that Megan Billings did to me back in the day. Oh, my where, God. Where I sent you an email <laughs> that 40 people were attached on, <laughs> and you didn't see it, and that's your fault <laughs> that you didn't know about it. No, Megan, actually, your job is to tell me about the event. This is unbelievable. Every person at the radio station knew about the event but you, and you're going around saying, How no did you find out about it? I'm the assistant program director. Right. I did you create the it. event? Radio no, I didn't. So who told you but about it? But I paid it? attention. Who told you about it? My boss. Your boss right. knew. So call I, out your boss. Did I find out about it? Call out your boss. I don't, don't know. Be, don't be a pussy. Call out your boss. Okay, then. I am pissed that I didn't find out about it. And uh, yes, I would say that that's either my boss or CK's fault. I can't distinguish which one well, it was. Hold on. Let me just also say this. We're gonna and need it's a not defibrillator it's, here, by the way. It's not that it's Chris's job to listen to the show. I mean, I don't know because now his hours are twelve to eight, so I don't actually really know what his job is. But we did talk about leading up to the to the. Uh, to the purple the, heart open. Right. Talked Didn't about we? it a couple times. We yeah. talked yes. about it several times leading up to it. Yeah, sorry, I was literally sleeping on it. Isn't it a little disingenuous of Adam to go in the air yesterday, say Chris Lingbach should have been there, give no more information. Instead, he could have just said, I d- declined to be there. I couldn't be there. Right? You're the full time coordinator. Yeah, but you're full time on the web. air. Everything because I can't I'm speak for you. Because I'm great at no, it. No, it's your not. Because, show, you because you're willing to work for $12 an hour. That's uh, Let's be honest. I don't think anybody's... <laughs> by the way, you I just think said my you, clicks uh, you, you speak just for themselves. You were great at it. Oh, my raise God. Your he hand, is Raise pompous. your hand if you believe he's great at he, radio. He is pompous. <laughs> Who? Adam? Yeah. I think it's false. Point made. No, actually, I think he does believe it. Of course he believes it. Yeah, I think he believes it. It's not real. He believes that it's real. But where do... Where do you believe get you're great at radio? I'm a work in progress. No, no, you just said you were great at radio. Do you believe that? His boy's probably, the broski's probably telling me this. <laughs> do you believe your weekend show is great? Do you believe you're like, in that room because you're yes, great? Yes. The weekend show, yes. like, you should be full-time over other full-time shows here. Yes. So Are you, you a should, better? Let me say this. Am I not allowed to have me, self-confidence? No, let me ask you this. You just said you're in that room because you're great on the air. Adam. Hold on. Yeah, I uh, think he's you... great on this show. Hold on. I think Adam. his I think his Thank own show you. sucks. Uh, but I think he's great a punching bag. <laughs> See, this is when you get to He's great drama. on this show. Oh, tell me that wasn't worth it. See, that is where the beauty of sports talk really resides. You're an idiot. You got emails. You've got guys in sports talk and women as well that are not afraid to pull punches and that are not afraid to go places that normal civil discourse can't go to in the workplace. I mean, let's face it, what you just heard there is not normally going to be acceptable workplace behavior, but in sports talk, it's okay. We just have the microphones on, and then we kind of get to be taken inside other people's worlds. In this case, problems, and it's a beautiful thing. I'm doubling down right now. It is your I know you're doubling down. That's the problem, idiot. You don't know about the event because you're an idiot. All right, on to... NBA free agency. The Celtics will likely lose Kyrie Irving. Will they add Kemba Walker? A report earlier this morning from Adrian Wojnarowski says Boston is the front runner to sign Kemba away from Charlotte. Let's hear from Mutt and Callahan with Alex Reamer on WEEI in Boston. The Celtics with a great score like Kemba Walker are a championship contender, and that, that's that's an obvious fact. And everyone gets upset at Danny. Ainge. No, they're only a. Ch- but you you had to couch it though. You had to couch it by saying if Kawhi leaves Toronto, well, do we think that's going to. By happen? the way, he just bought. I, I read it last night before bed. 
He just bought like this huge home in Toronto, the correct? Home. There's Carrie Lennon. Huge the home in Toronto. And everybody just like yesterday. Curtis gets on Danny Ainge for not doing enough. So here's Danny Ainge signing one of the best free agents on the market. And we're but he's unhappy. doing it because they have a reputation problem. You just admitted that. Or because they have a that. huge hole at point guard. They just lost their star point guard. They need to replace him with somebody. He played for three years at UConn, huh, Mutt? That's, that he did. Work. Yeah, he was excellent. Clutch, loser. Great yeah, clutch player. Players. Good players awesome in the, awesome in the tournament. Years. Carried them on their run as uh, junior year there. Phenomenal player. Celtic fans will love Kemba Walker. He will be... He'll have a little bit of Antoine Walker to him with the crowd. Like he's The crowd is going to love him. He's going to be a fan the governor favorite. governor of UConn? Or- exactly. He uh, won't wiggle as much, but he will dance. Kemba Walker likes to dance after big buckets. See, people will... Love this guy around here because he's not Kyrie Irving, so that's going to help. But I gave you the other option, and I think if you're you signing, the other option is Terry Rozier. Yeah, and that sucks. No, it's not. If option. it's tied into a big man, if it's tied into the big man from Orlando, Nicola. <sighs> He averaged 20 points a game last year. You're better than Ke- seven you're, you're rebounds, better runs the floor, passes the ball. Well, and, uh, Nikolai Vucevic. Is Gordon Hayward or Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum better? With a pass-first point guard or a guy who's got to dominate the basketball. Maybe Kemba Walker doesn't dominate as much here. He'll yeah, actually have guys to pass to. Okay, so, dish, hey, you average 20-something points a game. Come in here and pass? We can yeah. still average 20-something points if a game and If he's a good team guy, maybe uh, Reem is right. That he had no one to pass to yeah, in Charlotte. The Hornets sucked. Terrible Who team. else is on the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, Name two other Hornets. Larry Johnson. Alonzo Mourning. Uh, Jamal Mashburn. Del Curry. All good Hornets. No, they're not there they're anymore. They're all there. Yeah, sure. See, nobody's on the Hornets. Jamal Kemba Walker will come Dallas here and, refor- and change his game. Jason, uh, so you're going to pay him the max money and ask a scoring point guard to turn it away. A- he can or- do both. That doesn't make sense to me. He so can do both. sign the guy who's a big, let the big guy from Orlando be the player he can be and don't make him change his game instead of, so what is this, how does this change their perception problem? Help me out Because here. a star so player they have has no, signed with the They Celtics. have no That's other why. money now to go sign a max player. They can't sign another max player. They can sign a big man, but it can't be a max player. Okay. So how does this help their perception if their goal is to be a championship team? They can't sign another max because guy Because everything right that could have gone wrong for the Celtics over the last 12 months, and really longer if you go back to the Hayward injury, has gone wrong for the Celtics. And this would be, for the first time in a while, something going right. A guy who they've targeted, one of the best free agents on the market, going there. Second highest leading scorer, Jeremy Lamb. And then third. Another UConn guy, Jeremy Lamb. Marvin Williams and Cody Zeller. Right, I mean, Cody Zeller. uh, Kimber Walker. (laughs) Big White Stiff is number three scorer on that team. Tony Parker. Frank Kaminsky? Frank Kaminsky, I mean, yeah, the big guy from, uh, from Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, no, that, that, that's who he's working yep. with in Charlotte. I could totally understand seeing Kemba Walker as the antidote to Kyrie. But remember, I mean, Kyrie is better than Kemba Walker at their best. Now, Kyrie comes with a lot of baggage and in a lot of ways that can hold him back, etc. But Kemba Walker in for Kyrie isn't an upgrade talent-wise, although it could be an upgrade chemistry-wise. So this is an interesting play. I mean, is Kemba Walker really going to leave that much money on the table to leave Charlotte and to go to Boston? Perhaps the Celtics are desperate enough to give him a lot of promises about plenty of things, about his next contract, about playing time, about what have you. But for the time being, Kemba to Boston, the Celtics fans that are really excited, you almost wonder if they're really excited because he's just simply not Kyrie Irving. Now, the Rockets reportedly are trying to work out a deal. Perhaps it's a three-team deal to bring in Jimmy Butler. We talked about this yesterday on the show. Jimmy Butler is volatile, he's emotional, and can it work in Houston? Here's Sports Radio 610 and Mad Radio. 
under Jimmy Butler, you played on the team that came the closest to knocking off the Toronto Raptors. Why come to Houston versus stay in Philly? You know what? Uh, I credit one of our listeners with pointing this out. I can't believe I've, I forgot to bring this up this morning. It's this. There's going to be, a. It, it seems, at least an $8 million difference in what the Rockets could do for Jimmy Butler, even with a sign-and-trade, versus what the Sixers could do for Jimmy Butler, realistically. So the state income tax makes that up immediately. If you're talking, if it's a... Uh, if you're talking Jonesy, Jonesy, what's uh, you? You haven't lived in Philadelphia since you were like seven years old. I'm guessing state income tax for rich folk in in Pennsylvania is upwards of at least five percent. I would think so, maybe more. Any of those northeastern places, they they just they uh, they crush the the state income tax. So that that calculates out to eight million dollars pretty easily. So that's made up immediately. Now it's when egos get involved. The state income tax notoriously is a non-factor, and it drives me insane. It drives me insane because I worry. How so? Because I worry for the players' like financial acumen. I worry that like some guys get so wrapped up in in like the ego of being sure, like, no, I need to make a hundred million instead of ninety-seven million. And you're like, yeah, but a hundred million in Texas is actually more than ninety-seven million in California. Yeah, but. What you fail to understand, Seth, is that it's about my ego, and I want the headlines to read that I made $100 million. That's why I worry, because it does. Like You, you see it over and over again. Guys tend to just look at the, the headline number more than the actual bottom line, and it drives me crazy. I mean, but, but because Jimmy Butler is from Tomball... And because he's not, it's not like he's from Tomball, and that just happens to be where he's from. He's been very vocal about Tomball and uh, and and like his hometown and everything. So I think that I think Jimmy Butler would pay attention to the state income taxes. I think he would realize not only that it's something you think about, no doubt. Plus, if we're just talking on the financial side, a lot of times, like especially after guys, you know, when guys first get rich, sometimes they got they got no sense about like buying houses here, buying houses there. Jimmy Butler's been in the league a while now, and he might be thinking like, all right, if I'm gonna have a nice big house. I'm gonna I'm gonna have it where I want to live for the rest of my life, and not just could have, be here. not build some big house up in the middle of Minnesota, and then have to sell it at a loss when I leave. So, so he's, play, he's played in Chicago, Minneapolis, Philadelphia. Yeah. So it's not just the emotional appeal. I, I think just on a dollars and cents basis, he understands the difference between cost of living, state income tax, all that stuff. So that eight million dollars. That if I'm Daryl Morey. I can talk him into that $8 million being negligible pretty quickly. And then it becomes purely about the basketball. Do you want to play with a couple? You're Jimmy Butler. There are times this year it looked like you might have actually been disgusted with your teammates. Right, yes. Jonesy? There are times this year when the Sixers were going through some rough stretches where it was like, Jimmy, what, what the hell is Jimmy Butler? He looks he looks upset. Right, and they're young. Yeah, they're young. They're young. And they he, probably drive him crazy. So as long as the stories about the Rockets being toxic – are overblown, and I believe that they are overblown. I think that Jimmy Butler is ripe for a sales pitch that includes, hey, the money's actually not different because of all these other factors. And two, you can come play with adults. Look, James Harden and Chris Paul, look, did they they have a disagreement about ball distribution or anything? I don't know, but they'll talk about it, and they can have that conversation like on an adult level versus whatever the hell you're trying to convince Joel Embiid to do on a night-in, night-out basis or or dealing with his antics or anything. I think there's a strong case to be made for Jimmy Butler coming. I think the Rockets are in a desperate place because they see the Lakers getting better with Anthony Davis. They may worry about the Clippers getting Kawhi Leonard. 
They probably worry about the Utah Jazz adding Conley. They may worry about the Denver Nuggets getting better because they're so young. The Portland Trail Blazers, who took a step forward. Maybe the Spurs bouncing back. You obviously also always have the Warriors, no matter who's injured or who's healthy. And maybe right now the Rockets are just desperate that the window is closing on James Harden being this great, and they're not taking advantage of it. And so to go with Jimmy Butler, that's a big risk. Let's face it, it's a huge risk, but it might be a risk they have to take because they've been banging their head on a ceiling that they can't break through for a number of years now. In Toronto, they're celebrating a championship while simultaneously worrying about Kawhi Leonard's free agency. Norman Powell helping bring that title to Toronto. He joined Ben and Woods at 97.3 The Fan in San Diego and discussed the effect that watching Kawhi Leonard daily has. What was it like playing with him and watching him just dominate? It was it was a great experience for me um, just because um, I've been watching Kawhi since he was in college. I was at Lincoln going up there um, on my recruitment trips, watching uh, their practices or our games, and to be able to see him live in person and not having to guard him and um, you know watch his preparation and uh, his approach to the game day in and day out. Um, it was amazing to see, man. I mean, he's truly a specimen, a, a two-way uh, superstar. You know, offensive, defensively, he's going to bring it to you, guarding the best players, and you know he's. He's lighting you up while while he's defending you. You know, offensively, you know, there's not much that you can't do. It's crazy. Uh, Norm, my mother jobs at Channel 10, which is right down the street from Lincoln, and I've been there 15 years. And I remember I would grab a camera uh, your senior year, 2010. I would go down and, you know, shoot some highlights from games for the news at 11. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. And since then, I mean, four years at UCLA and now in the NBA. You were, I mean, this, that was Kawhi's uh, second year at San Diego State. You were... You were getting ready to decide where to go. How close did you did you think about going to San Diego State and following his footsteps before you decided on UCLA? Um, I was very close. You know, um, at that at that time, uh, my family uh, was going through some things. I lost my uncle uh, when I was in high school, so I was very close to uh, deciding to stay home and uh, playing for San Diego State and representing uh, San Diego as being a native, but. Um, uh, I really wanted to get out and experience and be on my own and and play for you know a story and history uh, program like UCLA with all that John Wooden has done. So um, I played a lot into it, but I was very close. Uh, San Diego State was in my top three. Well, it certainly uh, it sounds like you made the right decision because it's worked out really well for you. I know when you first got started. Um, uh, the summer league was a big place where you kind of made a name for yourself when you first got into the NBA as a rookie. It's about to get started again. How important was that to, in helping get your feet wet and get comfortable on the NBA level? Uh, playing in the summer league was very important because uh, you know it allowed it allowed me to to show um, more of my game. I mean, a lot of a lot of the questions and things that were being said about me was that I, I couldn't do a lot of things offensively. That I was only a defensive player guy, a role player guy, and, and the summer league really expanded and showed that you know I have a full arsenal of of different things that make me really effective offensively, being able to have the ball in my hands, drive, uh, attack, hit pull ups, you know, being a shot creator, set up my teammates, and I was able to show that um, all throughout the summer league, you know, which got me to be able to be on uh, the all summer league team, um, being the only rookie there. So it really helped me open my eyes up. And get it out. You know, there's a lot more that I can bring to the table than just defense. 
So, Norman, uh, we won't tell anyone, but if Kawhi has told you where, where he's signing, if you could just let us know, and then we, we promise we won't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got you. I'll tell you exactly what he told me. Um, he said we're going to see in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Kawhi. Yeah, bucket, bucket, no, no. He, he's a man of few words. Yeah. A man, a man, a few words uh, when when he's talking to the media. But I think uh, the playoffs really opened him up to show his uh, his side and personality. I mean, with us, man, he's just like another guy in the locker room, joking around, talking to everybody. It had to have been awesome to just watch Kawhi Leonard go to work on a daily basis this year with a new franchise. Everything was fresh. Everything was new. They had not experienced Kawhi before. Then he comes in and every day does something else that probably leaves your mouth agape leading that team through the playoffs to the finals, hitting huge shots, the game winner against the Sixers, the NBA Finals MVP. It must have been just amazing to sit there and watch that process every single day and then see what it produced. Sad news. On Wednesday, we learned the effects that Screaming Line Drive had on the little girl, a two-year-old girl in Houston who was sitting on her relative's lap and was hit by the baseball, the foul ball, in Houston, we found out that she had skull fractures, swelling on the brain, and also suffered a seizure as well. That leads us to the obvious question Will we have safety netting this season or next season throughout all of the baseball diamond? Is it inevitable? At this point, I think so. Here's the guys of the Big Bad Morning Show, 1057 The Fan in Baltimore. Can you imagine to be the batter who uh, does that? It happened again over the weekend. Uh, Major League Baseball has ruled that all those who buy tickets can't sue teams for injuries suffered by foul balls. Yeah, they've tobacco, had big tobacco yeah. had a warning on their packages, didn't they? Yeah. Did they get sued? Eventually they did. Yeah, they did get sued. You can you can say what you want. I thought they put the warning on post lawsuit. Big tobacco. I thought they put it on before. Did they? I'm not sure. The Surgeon General warning. Surgeon General yeah. warning's been there for, for a long for a while, time. I yeah, thought, for yeah. before then, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that what what tobacco could what cigarette smoking could do, and you, know, you can sit there and say they can't sue you all you want, Ed. Somebody's going to sue them, yeah, and somebody's going to win. They're going to find them liable. A good lawyer and some bad publicity uh, will change this. This came about in 1913. This rule where they put it on the tickets, a disclaimer saying the holder of the ticket assumes all the risk inherent to the game, right? But it's going to happen, and you know it's going to happen mm-hmm. eventually. You know why? Because there's going to be such a loud public outcry. Mm-hmm. And in 1913, the balls weren't jumping off bats like they are now. The hitters weren't as big and as strong as they are right now. 19, that, that's the problem with baseball. Baseball statistics right now is called the modern era of baseball. You know when the modern era of baseball started? 1900. Yes. There's nothing modern yeah. about 1900. Yeah. You put a warning on something in 1913 and you never think you have to revisit that? Seriously. With all the talks of balls being juiced, hitters being stronger, bats flying, uh, breaking more so now than ever, do you think something from 1913 is going to hold up in court? No, it's not going to hold up in court. And again, especially with the outcry of extending those, for those of you, hey, it's ruining my experience. Okay, nothing can ruin your experience about like getting hit in the head by a foul ball. That'll ruin your experience. Put a net around it. Put a safety net around it and, and, and ensure the safety of your paid customers. Wow, the warning's been on since 1965. For what, tobacco? Yeah, yeah it's been on, yeah. 65. Absolutely. It was on before they got sued. Yeah. 
So don't tell me a warning is going to protect you from getting yep. sued. Yeah, this uh, this event occurred back on May the 29th, and we're still talking mm-hmm. about teams getting on board. Well, the reason I think they're really um, vulnerable to lawsuits is because we've seen it now. You've had a death in baseball. You've had a death in hockey. Hockey responded, put up nets. So if you're going to go to court, did you not think this was a problem? <laughs> like, I mean, you've seen this. You've had people hit in the face in your sport. We had someone die in a Columbus Blue Jackets game. They responded, you didn't. I think that they're going to get sued. I think they should die. What I think they should do is come up with some couple of shekels in this case before it does go to court. Well, it's amazing because uh, there was a survey commissioned by ESPN last week, and fans overwhelmingly supported more safety netting at the ballparks by – the majority of 78% players feel the same way. Yes. Most of the so the players and fans are united and then you have Rob Manfred on the other side and he's going to see this as a colossal mistake if he keeps procrastinating because he's going he's to gonna get regret shamed this. publicly. He's going to he's going to regret this. What should be done during the All-Star Dude, break by who, every team except Cleveland you which is hosting the, one, the, the game. The Astros was Astros Cubs, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you do you see the reaction of the batter? Yes, that's my point. Yeah. So I mean, think about what he's got to live with. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they want it. Well, look how Josh Hamilton was never yes, the same never after the same. he hit that kid. Yeah. Never the same. I mean, it's it's you have to do something to protect your fans because the game has a change. I don't think that there's any doubt that baseball is going to push very hard to make sure netting is up and probably mandated by the start of next season down the fair poles. They might not be able to enact this during this season, in season, but this is worst-case scenario for baseball who wants to market itself as family-friendly and kid-oriented, bring your kid out to the ballpark, ice cream, hot dog, soda, popcorn, watch your favorite team, crack of the bat. I mean, this is something that baseball has tried to market forever, and if you are worried about bringing your child to the ballpark because of safety issues, that immediately takes a huge portion of your fan base and puts it in question. So baseball, I think, is going to mandate Netting going down both lines all the way to the outfield. I don't think you need it in the outfield. I don't think that's a danger zone, even with home runs coming out there. The danger zone is when you do not have time to react because down the lines, that ball just comes at you so fast, you just don't have time to do so. But a terribly sad situation in Houston. Finally to the NFL. NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah joined Quinn Chris on 97.3 The Fan in San Diego. Who is his most improved team going into 2019? Yeah, I'm going to stay in California. I'm going to go to the 49ers. Mm. Um, and really, just piggybacking off what I just said, if those are the two most important areas, which I believe they are, you get Garoppolo healthy, hopefully. Uh, that's a big upgrade over what they played with last year at the quarterback position. Oh, yeah. Uh, who fits beautifully into Shanahan's C.J. So Beathard is box. really sorry to hear you say that, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but hey, but uh, a great football family, though. It's yes, that's right, that's right, uh, that's right. Football family. Yes. Uh, but then, then you go out and you trade for D. Ford and you draft Nick Bosa um, to go along with DeForest Buckner, and hopefully they get something out of Solomon Thomas, but that's a lot of talent in their defensive line. Uh, so you've got better at the two most important spots. And, you know, this, this offseason and talking to different coaches around the league, it's weird because, you know, the Niners haven't won anything. They haven't won many games with, with, with Shanahan. But you will not find a more respected play caller. And I guess you maybe say McVay, but, but Kyle Shanahan and him and McVay are, you know, former partners there. Uh, his reputation is sterling. And there's a lot of belief around the league that that's a team to watch. They do love Kyle Shanahan. 
right? I mean, we were talking about that oh, last yeah. year as they were losing game after game after game after game. All these coaches <laughs> have their jobs in jeopardy, except Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. He was like, no, he's fine. He's good. Right. He's excellent. He's doing an excellent <laughs> job. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah is with us. Uh, the Bears, I thought, were a big shock last year. They made a huge jump all the way up to 12-4. and four. Um, Obviously, the Rams, the Saints, looked like they were coming. The NFC East is wide open. Uh, is there Besides the 49ers, is there another Bears out there? And, uh, and, and then in the AFC, I mean, if – would it be smart to make a bet and say, I'll just take the Patriots and give you the rest of the teams? The field. Because I know it seems I, it would seem smart to take the field, right? But my goodness, the Patriots do this know. every single time. So it's well, it's hard death, to it's hard to fall in love taxes, with anyone else. Yeah, death taxes, twelve wins for the Patriots. They're at minimum they're gonna be in the conference championship game. They've proven that. Yeah. Um, they win that division each and every year. It's, so it's it's hard not to just spot them. Uh, those two right there are going to start the season as division champs, and then they're in the AFC Championship game. And, and usually, uh, more times than not, it wasn't last year, but they're playing that at home. So, yeah, I would still, if you gave me the option, I'd take the Patriots. You'll let everybody else have the field. Um, if you're looking for a team like the, that, that's a good call on the Bears, like who could make that type of a leap? Um, you know, I, look, Cleveland has mm. tremendous talent. I mean, they have built a lot of talent there. John Dorsey's accumulated now. The question is, how does that talent turn into a team? Those are two different deals. But just talent-wise, yeah, there's they have a lot of dudes there. Yeah, Kitchens and Dorsey has their hands full trying to mold what you what you call a team because uh, they certainly have the talent. Niners make a lot of sense. I mean, after the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo, think about the expectations on Garoppolo going into last season. And then this year, knowing that if he's back and healthy and the additions that they had made going into last year – plus another group of young players that was drafted by a front office people really respect, and a coach that a lot of people think is one of the best young coaches in football, then, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that the San Francisco 49ers could be one of those teams that go from losing to winning in one snap of the finger because we thought that was going to happen last year. Garoppolo went down, and so now we potentially could be sitting on that to begin this year. That's the best of your sports talk. It's around the dial for Thursday, June the 27th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.